Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yo, 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 yo. What's going on, everybody? It's your boys, Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez. We want to finally welcome you to the Talent Factor Podcast. Keith, what's going on, bro? Uh, what's going on, man? I'm excited just to kind of get this whole podcast thing going and just to kind of spin um, the truth about everything, right? When we think about talent and talent always being a factor in what we're doing, and just a little background on me. I was a part of that 2019 uh, championship run with LSU. And so I kind of want to talk about talent because now, fast forward three years later, everybody's seeing that, hey, we have Jamar Chase, we have Justin Jefferson, we had Joe Burrow. But I seen that in the moment, right? And I think at the time, the media was trying to figure out what was the secret sauce to LSU's national championship run. And I think it all, all boiled down to talent. And I think everybody's starting to see that now. So I, we, I wanted to create a podcast that me and Damon can come on and we can talk about the talent. And, and everybody, I think, talks about the what. But I think we want to talk about the why at the end of the day and, and dive into the talent factor overall and how it plays a big part in, um, in football games. Absolutely. I love that everybody else is looking at the what, but we're going to talk and, and dig into the why. And everybody that's followed me and knew, you know, know kind of my story started off pretty much just blogging on my own after playing football uh, growing up and everything. So just kind of started off doing it, just kind of honing my skills, doing it for free and just kept rising, kept grinding until a prominent place called TDN, the Draft Network, saw saw something in me to bring me on. So I'm excited, man. I was thinking about this all day, getting everything set up. And ladies and gentlemen, you know, coming off of Mobile, you know, the biggest discourse was the quarterbacks. What the quarterbacks look like. We're gonna keep that. We're gonna keep the the quarterback discourse going, but not so much about the guys in this draft. We want to talk about the guys that's going to be in college football next year. You know, and not just guys that are going to be in college football, but keep the guys that pretty much were free agents, really, that they they went to the transfer portal and they moved from place to place. And a couple of these guys actually kind of replaced another, right? Some of the guys we have on our list. So I want to start it off with Spencer Rattler, uh, Keith. Oh, yeah. Transfer, you know, he, he was what? Like, we talked about this yesterday. A projected, not even top 10, top five, it's projected top three. He was the number one, I think, pick in a lot of mocks over the summer yeah, coming he, he into the season. was almost a shoe-in as, as a Heisman winner, almost a shoe-in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he came in with a ton of hype, um, and it just didn't go the way that we saw it going. 2020 was his best year to date, uh, where he threw over 3,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, and then getting some of the players that he had, Mike Mike was the second. You have Mario Williams, I think, is uh, the young freshman that he had, yeah. uh, the, the the dynamic receiver. And you know, you you have Eric Gray and Kennedy Brooks, a solid old line. You know, uh, Jaden Hazel Hazelwood, I believe, is his last name. He had a lot of weapons, and that's why I was really excited to see him, Keith, in OU. I'm like Lincoln Riley, um, you know, just. With that offense, I'm like, all right, Spencer Rattler should put up numbers and, like you said, be a legitimate Heisman candidate. And um, but it, you know, it just didn't work out that way. Uh, he's he went through his poor play and decision making. Keith led him to be benched for the freshman, um, which was Caleb Williams, who we will talk about later. But 
for you, when you look at the talent of Spencer Rattler, what are your thoughts in terms of just where he could be um, go, being reunited with his former uh, was his, uh, assistant head coach and Shane Beamer that over there in Gamecock country. What are your thoughts on Spencer Rattler heading into spring ball? Man, th- this was so interesting because you think a talent like Spencer Rattler, like he'll probably have the, the pick, right? He'll be able to pick wherever he wants to go and probably be welcomed with open arms because not many guys playing a quarterback position, especially in college, have the arm talent that Spencer Rattler has. And like you said, in 2020, he displayed that he has that talent and, you know, he can be an effective college quarterback. Um, so him going to South Carolina, I thought it was interesting, man, because it's just two different – um, philosophies as far as conferences, right? The Big 12 is wide open. Um, the defensive backs play a lot of, you know, off coverage. So, you you know, you can throw a lot of quick game. And then in the SEC, is is man-on-man press. So I, I think he's going to get a lot of different looks. And then if you think about it from a team standpoint, nine times out of ten when Oklahoma rolls into a game, their offense is better than the opposing defense by far, right? So Spencer Rattler was always playing with elite talent. His team was always superior than the team he was playing against. Now, when you when you transfer to South Carolina, that's not the case. Um, South Carolina, they have to play Georgia. They have to play Florida. They have to play A&M this year. They have to play Tennessee. They have to play Clemson. So out of all of those top teams, I mean, South Carolina may – be better than one of those teams overall in, in, in some standpoint. So, man, I think it's an uphill battle for Spencer Rattler. Behind, besides, I'm sorry, besides the, the coaching connection, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. So I'm going to be interested to see what Spencer Rattler does. And we know his personality is, you know, is, is interesting. We'll call it interesting for now. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm interested to see what, what he does and how he fits in that that culture because that's a big difference coming from Arizona and then going all the way to, you know, where you are in the Carolinas. It's, it's a different ball game. So, no, Keith, you make, you make some great points. You know, leaving Oklahoma, coming to South Carolina where the talent is very different. And the thing – to play devil's advocate, I guess, is this could set him up very well. Say he, you know, goes in spring ball. He 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 takes command of the offense. I, I have to say, damn it, I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm very no. interested to hear this take. We never talked about <laughs> this, and I'm wondering if you, being a Carolina guy, that you're uh, you're pro Spencer Rattler in this situation. So I'm I'm interested to hear this take. So I, I'm 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 a guy who believes in Spencer Rattler. I believe in the talent, right? We talk about the talent factor. That's what we're talking about. The why I believe in his talent. You know, the big arm. He and it's, it's crazy because he's not. He's not dynamic as a runner, but he can move and he can make plays with his leg, extend plays, and, and get some first downs and everything. I want to see him use that more. But devil's advocate for him, if he goes to this situation, which is far west of what he had in OU, and he plays well. He plays like the 2020 version, right? He adapts to the SEC. He shows better because that's the main thing with him, Keith, is play from the neck up. It's not just being, like you said, not just being talented, right? You can have the big arm. You can be mobile. You could make every throw, but you got to know what throws to make and when to make them at the same time, Keith. So for him playing from the neck up, you know, using his mind and, and, and taking what the defense gives him, don't have that kind of, we talked about his his personality being interesting, right? And that's the best way to put that. Um, you know, don't be cocky. Don't be arrogant or anything like that, but come in. Learn the offense, get you know, get that camaraderie and, and, and that rapport with your new teammates. Now and he does have a a weapon that's coming in uh, from OU with him. I think it's all uh, tight end Austin Stoggs, I believe is his last name. And 
So that's somebody he's familiar with. That's going to help him kind of get settled and, and not be so anxious. Like I have to learn everyone. I know I have a guy I know that I have rapport with, but like I said, devil's advocate, Keith, he goes in and he plays well in a far less talented situation in, 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 in South Carolina. Granted, they're not going to be, you know, they're not going to win the SEC or anything, but he goes in and plays well. That could have a real big impact on his draft stock coming into the next draft, right? So he goes from OU, he goes to South Carolina, he takes coaching, he he learns the offense, he does everything he needs to do, show that he's more mature as well, because that is a question mark for a lot of people when it pertains to this young man. He goes out there and plays well. Granted, the team success may not be what it would have been at OU, but he goes out there and does his job, shows accuracy, good ball placement, of course, the arm talent and good decision making. Keith, he could definitely land himself back in the first round after having a tumultuous 2021. Okay, I could see that. I guess I was looking at it from a championship perspective for Spencer Rattler, but nope. like you said, absolutely not. And if his <laughs> if his goal is just to show that he can play in the confines of an offense in the SEC, then um I guess I'll say I, I believe in Spencer Rattler a little bit. Hey man, like I said, it's all about the why. The talent is here. Can he produce when he? And if he does, we we will be here to tell people why he produced. Because that's a whole. That's what we do. That's our thing, right? So now to pivot and sticking with the OU connection, the kid that took over for him when he was benched this year, Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams leaving OU to go to SoCal to go to, to to play for the Trojans to reunite himself with former Oklahoma and his former coach, uh, which is now his current coach, Lincoln Riley. Man, you know, when you look at the skill set of, of Williams, we talk about talent. I'd be hard-pressed not to say he's more talented than Spencer Rattler, right? Like that dual threat, dynamic, big-arm quarterback kind of gives you uh, uh, um, the vibes of Kyler Murray almost, you know, just being able to, to really hurt teams with his legs and his agility and his elusiveness at open field and his burst. But then having that arm talent to push the ball downfield, get into tight windows, he's just a different player. And, you know, in terms of, again, talent, right? He played a you know, prominent role in eight games this year once, you know, he took over for, for Rattler. Man, like – it's exciting to see what he could become with Lincoln Riley in uh, in USC right now. Yeah, so with Spencer Rattler, you know, I'm I'm on the fence about that move, but with the Caleb Williams move, man, I I absolutely love this. I don't I I think this was a top fit for him. I think it was a top fit for the school. I think it was a top fit for Lincoln Riley. And for the past what 15 years, USC has been trying to fight uh, the moniker of trying to get back to you know to prominence. To USC is back, and I think this is the type of guy that can lead your program back to that, you know, to that program tradition and winning championships. Um, Through through the past, USC has had a bunch of five stars, right? There's a five star coming out of California every single year. But I think that Caleb Williams is a different type of guy. And you've seen it at Oklahoma. This was a, this was a freshman that was getting on junior and senior wide receivers about running routes, about doing the right thing, about jumping off sides. And this is a guy that cares about the details and I know this guy a little bit from recruiting, and I know that he he's, he's just wired differently. Just overall, he's just wired differently. Like I said, everything is done with intention, um, and and he just he just gets after it. So I, I love this move for not only Caleb Williams, 
but for USC and, and where they're trying to bring that program to. And one key thing is, is that this, that they don't have to do it just in one year, right? This is a guy who's a freshman, so he has two years to get this right. So if Lincoln Riley is able to start off this year, lay the foundation, then they can hit the round, ground running in 2023. So I, I think this is just a great transition. And I, I like I said, knowing the kid from recruiting, I, I, I love the kid. Him, his father, his family. They they do things the right way and everything is uh is calculated, so I I, I love it. That's a per, that's the word I was thinking about calculated. I think we talked about him a couple of weeks ago and just how calculated his decision making is and, and the type of mindset he has, right? Because again, the why why is he so highly regarded? Right. You, know, you look at the the talent only gets you to the to to this point. The talent can get you through high school when you're dominating, but when you get Hey, college is for big boys too. So when you get there, you got to have a different mindset to be great, right? And, yep. and, and like you said, he's wired differently. Yeah, and I, and I and speaking about him being wired differently, think about it. Like this is a guy that could have easily probably went to Georgia or something like that, and then just doubled down on a national championship. But I believe that this is a guy that wanted to be the man, right? He didn't want to just slide into the next situation and be like, okay, that's just another quarterback you know, a part of a dynasty, a part of a program. I think he wants to be the guy. And I think at the quarterback position, that's all you can ask for. A guy that wants the football in his hands. Some quarterbacks, they want to be able to turn around and hand the ball off. And then some guys, they, they want to drive that deep end and make the big time play on third and 15. And I think that's what Caleb Williams is wired to do. So I'm excited about this. And if this thing hits, when you talk about being in California, you're talking about being in USC, this is a, a potential Heisman type move right here and you talk about being calculated and i don't want to jinx the young man because i really like him but I, I think you have this type of potential with this type of move no 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 hey i'm with you all the way there because that's what i put in my bullet points he should be one of the heisman front runners in my opinion you yep. you you the move like you said calculated right not only does it put you back in the spotlight not only does everyone, you know, follow you from OU to, you mean, you are seeing one of your receivers followed you there. He, well, he kind of went first, but we know the discussions were already going on, you know, between him and Mario. Right, right. They, they knew what they were doing. It was all calculated. But you also look at what this could do for that program. This kid comes in and balls out. He grows right before our eyes in 2022, and they get ready for the 2023 season. That's going to help Lincoln with recruiting. That's going to, the, the, the transfer portal, which we know, similar to the NFL, Keith. Free, we talk about it being free agency. You have this young man in, in you know, for 2023 in USC at, at you know for the Trojans, and then you got receivers hitting the. The uh, the transfer portal, I'm like man, okay, what quarterback do I want to go play with? Well, right. he's a Heisman front runner. Let me go yep. play with Caleb. Let me go with Lincoln Riley. And, and again, just the and the eyes that it's going to bring to that program. Yeah, you liken it to what we're seeing in the NFL right now, right? Like I guarantee you, if Matthew Stafford was not with the Rams, Odell Beckham probably doesn't want to go there. You know, then right. you got Tom Brady. He's able to pick and choose what guys he wants to come in. And then these guys take less money in the NFL. But in college, it's just a matter of getting these guys into the portal and saying, come play with me. I'll be able to get you the football. So I think mm -hmm. it's, it's very similar. And you need one of those type of guys um, to keep, I guess, like you said, the the, the momentum going throughout the offseason and, and, and keep the future bright. So, yeah, man, this Caleb Williams move, I, I, I thought it was an excellent move. I thought it was calculated. And I think it's going to pay huge dividends, not only for Caleb, but for the USC program. I'm going to throw out some, some quick numbers to you. This kid accounted for, like I said, he played, in, you know, predominantly eight, only eight true games. 
accounted for over 2,300 total yards from scrimmage, 25 total touchdowns. And that's just, you know, being thrust into the lineup, you know, a couple weeks into the season. Now he's going to have a full season, you know, in this basically the same offense, you know, getting used to, to the weapons that he's going to have at, uh, at USC, getting used to his old line, getting used to so many different things. He's going to have a full offseason under his belt before we get to the season. I can't wait to see this young man spring ball, man. But next up, we're going to talk about another USC quarterback, but he's on the move, Keaton Slovis. 2019, Keith, he, he took over for JT Daniels. JT Daniels got hurt. Slovis came in and had in a tremendous season. And everyone was expecting this kid to be a top 10, top 15 type of pick when he entered the draft. To be honest with you, he never – I know in 2020 there was talks about having a shoulder injury, which kind of threw, threw off his success. But even last year, you know, even, even with having Drake London, he fed Drake London – all day, every day, and twice on Sundays, even though they don't even play on Sundays. Like, that's just how much he was feeding this young man. And, and, and Drake's draft stock literally rose because of it. Now he's going to Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett is entering the draft. You know, we look at it. The first question that popped in my mind, I was writing down my notes. Can he have a Kenny Pickett-type leap in his final season, right? I mean, you're – but there's some differences to the coaching staff. Coach Brendan Marion isn't there. He he's in Texas, which I'm gonna talk about later. Like you know, you, but the great thing is you go from feeding Drake London to feeding Jordan Addison. So, what are your thoughts on, on Keaton Slovis going into this season at, at Pittsburgh? Man, this this one was tough for me to get a grasp on it one way or the other because, like you said, his his he has to almost at least be Kenny Pickett, right? Um, because overall. Um, throughout the NFL landscape and watching this film, like, we aren't saying that Kenny Pickett is a top-notch quarterback. We don't know if he'll be a franchise guy. So when you're trying to, when you're next up and you're immediately following, um, you know, a quarterback like Kenny Pickett who has broken a lot of records and left there um, as one of the most decorated quarterbacks, you slide into having to fill that position. And so I think Keenan Slovis has to be at least that good. And that's tough for him. And when you think about his background, like you, you said, you took it all the way back to 2019 and 2020, and he's kind of had like a roller coaster ride. So I think with him, it's going to be a lot of fit. You mentioned coaching. I think coaching is going to be extremely important to his success. And I think it, it, it'll be a little different for him. It's going to be an adjustment. So how I was able to pound a table for Caleb Williams I would say this, I, I, I need to see some spring ball, right? I, I need to see him in spring ball, see him do some good things to feel better about it because I think right now there's a lot of unknown um, as far as, you know, what he'll do and then how he'll be able to progress in that Pittsburgh offense. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, just looking at his season last year, right, you know, over 2,100 yards, 11 touchdowns, but, man, eight interceptions. He was not careful with the football. He did not value uh, ball protection and, and, and things of that nature. He was a little erratic with his ball placement and his accuracy, but that's a total different guy than what you saw in 2019. We threw for 3,500 yards, 30 touchdowns and nine interceptions. Keith, like right. he, it's, it's almost set, basically 72% uh, completion percentage and it's dropped pretty much each year, you know, since then. So, Going to, to Pittsburgh, he's like you said, he's got to at least be Kenny Pickett. He's got to show that he can not just command the offense, but value the football, right? Like you, you can't go into in the ACC. One of the main things that one of the notes I put down is I want to see him step up in these big ACC matchups, right? You go up against a defense like Virginia Tech, who 
no matter who's coaching there, they just that's a defensive pipeline. So you know that the defense is going to be up to par, up to challenge for you, right? So you got to be able to be to step up and be ready to lead your team to wins in the ACC, um, improve the accuracy and ball placement because that's going to be the biggest thing. Because when you look at his game, he doesn't have any high end physical traits. He doesn't have the the uh, you know Trey Lance and Malik Willis bazooka arm talent, and he's not Lamar Jackson or even as a runner. I don't think he's Kenny Pickett either. Like so, if you don't have those high end physical traits from the neck up mentally, you have to master the game and do the right things, make the right decisions and make the right plays. If not, man, he, you know, cause if he came into this draft, Keith, like, he was definitely a day three pick. This definitely. is an opportunity for him to remake himself. I don't know if he'll be able to rekindle 2019, but Keith, at least move yourself up a couple rounds. Yeah. And, and I mean, just like we say with Spencer Rattle, this, this is going to be a culture shock for him because much like a Oklahoma, him at USC, most of the times when they stepped on the field, they had superior talent. But now, you say when you have to play Clemson's and your Virginia Techs, your, your Miami's, your North Carolina's, that's equal talent or sometimes you have less talent stepping onto the field. So you have to be able to kind of make up for that. You know, you have to be that quarterback to make up for that talent deficiency um, at that position. So it'll be interesting to see what he does and how he handles it and how he's able to carry uh, offense overall. Absolutely, man. And it's going to be exciting to see. Like you said, spring ball. When we get to spring ball, man, it's, it's going to be a lot of different storylines, a lot of different players to keep our eyes on. And again, sticking with the USC pipeline and USC, uh, you know, type of storyline here. Jackson Dart, the, fr- the young go. freshman that here stepped in for Keaton Slovis when he got hurt. Jackson Dart moves from USC to Ole Miss. He's replacing Matt Corral. He's going into that Lane Kiffin RPO centric offense. This kid's 6'3", 215 with a big arm, and he can move. Man, watching him live, Keith, I saw the – again, you know, he's a freshman, early, you know, early in his career, just kind of getting his feet wet against live competition and, 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 you know, guys that aren't your teammates, right? Guys that literally want to knock your block off and take it – you know, take every pass away from you, things like that. But I saw some things from him, and I'm like, man, him with Lane Kiffin is going to be a lot of fun to watch. What are your thoughts, man? This one flew under the radar right here, but I, I think this is big time. Like, I, I need to get me an alarm so when I want to ring the alarm when it's something that I really like. <laughs> I, I like really it. like this one. Um, when I when I watched Jackson Dart, he seemed to just have that quarterback moxie to him, right? You talk about being a young guy um, at USC, a lot of pressure on him, but he just kind of delivered and played football. And then you mesh that with a guy like Lane Kiffin, who um, even though he's at Ole Miss, he still has that Cali swag to him, that laid back. You know, it is what it is, swag. And I think quarterbacks, they thrive under that type of situation because he helps relieve pressure, right, just just mentally. And then when you translate that to the X's and O's on the field, how many times did we watch Matt Corral's film and somebody was running wide open down the field, right? So I I, I think Jackson Dodd is going to have a tremendous amount of success. Once again, he's another young guy, so he doesn't have to have immediate success. You know, he doesn't have to throw for 50 touchdowns next year, but he'll have two years under the Lane Kiffin offense. And... I, I dare to say that he may be better than Matt Corral in this situation just because he seems to have more arm talent. And when you watch the USC games, he didn't really take off and run, but I think that's because they asked him not to. But you know Lane Kiffin has has a unique way of, of, of dialing up quarterback run plays to where he can get the quarterback involved in the run game, and I could see this guy doing this. So, I man, 
at Lane Kiffin needed to find a quarterback, and I think he found one, and they're set for the next two years at least to really take off and keep that offense rolling at a high rate. You talked about having the ring the alarm. I wish I had the sizzle sound. That was, I like that take. That it, it, Some people would call it hot that he could be better than Matt Corral. But anytime we throw some fire down like that, I wish we had a little sizzle sound to throw behind it because I'm, I'm full of greens. When you have this type of talent that Jackson Dart has, again, you, you like you alluded to, Kevin's going to make sure guys get open. How many times we watch Kevin, not just at Ole Miss, but even at Alabama, Call his shot play, and you see the yep. clipboard fly because he already knows before the he, ball's thrown. He this is up. seven. <laughs> this is seven, baby. He knows it already. And now, but one of the, it, I don't know. It seemed like it, it kind of flew under the radar. But not only did they get this young man, but they got an elite caliber running back from TCU, Zach Evans. So now yes, you pair Jackson Dart with a run game, something he didn't have. And remember, he also didn't have Drake London to throw to when he was thrust into the lineup at USC because Drake had already gotten hurt, if I'm not mistaken. So now you have a, a, a probably a, a top two-round, three-round running back, depends on if he comes out next year, the type of offense that's going to space the defense, attack at every level. The main thing for him, consistency comes with reps. Taking, you know, taking every play – just one play at a time. And, and like you said, he has that moxie. He has that kind of that swag to him, that tough guy. Like, you know, he, I've seen literally watched him run the few times he was. He did break the pocket and break contain. You know, he took his lumps and he got up and it didn't matter because he's a strong, he's a strong kid. So you think about what what Lane Kiffin was able to do to do with guys like a Jalen Hurts, right? And mm-hmm. I personally believe from a talent standpoint, especially as a passer, Jackson Dart has a much higher ceiling than what a Jalen Hurts hit, had because Jalen Hurts was still dealing with some mechanical things, you know, but Jackson Dart doesn't have those issues to try and work out from being too tight and everything like that. They're trying to revamp his footwork and his throwing motion. He's fine there. It's all about getting these reps, getting, getting used to your playmakers. And we talk about spring ball. Keith, I'm so excited to see this young man in the SEC because Lane Kiff is going to do everything to put him in advantageous situations with his arm talent, his mobility, and then, like I said, giving him a run game. Well, you can that RPO, because that's one of the biggest things with the RPO, is basically similar to the play action. You need somebody that, that these linebackers have to account for. If your running back isn't that good and you can't run the ball, the RPO really isn't going to work. These guys are like, well, it's not we don't really care. Like we're gonna drop back, we're not gonna fall step. But when you have Zach Evans back there, not only is he going to be able to help him in the run game, he can throw too. I mean, he can yep. receive too as well. Nah, I agree. I agree. So I I really like the move, man. So we just talked about a Pac 12 quarterback going to the SEC, right? Now mm-hmm. we get to talk about a SEC quarterback going to the Pac 12 in a move that I personally thought was very interesting until I did my homework. I did my research on it, right? And it was like, okay, why <laughs> is Bo Nix going to Oregon of all places, right? That's that's 2,000 right. miles away. But I started to connect the dots and realized that his coach, his quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, was with him in that 2019 season when he run SEC um, freshman play of the year. So it's always dots to connect, right? You don't look mm-hmm. at the schools, you look at the coaches. So when I started to connect those dots, and I was like, okay, initially I didn't like this move, but I like it a little bit more now because what Mario Cristobal built at Oregon – you know, just that tough mentality, that mindset, running a football. I think that 
they will continue that. And then on top of that, having a mobile quarterback like Bo Nix um, that you can insert into the run game. And then he also has played SEC competition already. So it may slow down a bit for him playing, you know, playing Pac-12 guys. So I thought this was a pretty good move. And I was, I'm going to be honest, I wasn't high on it when I initially seen it. But then when I started to put everything together, you know, I kind of had that aha moment across the board. And I was like, okay, this makes sense. So you, uh, let me know how you feel about it. Man, Bo Nix, uh, you know, at Auburn, I believe this this year he, he he took some steps forward. Consistency evades him. He he needs to capture that this year in in Oregon. Like you said, going from the SEC, he's a playmaker. You know, I believe he's like six three, over two hundred pounds. He's mobile. He's got a good arm. He can make you know throws from an arm talent standpoint. But like we talked about earlier, from the neck up, knowing when to what throws to make and when to make them, and what what throws you don't need to make at all. Um, you know, what windows to test. And that, that's going to be the thing. And I think he can be really fun and exciting to watch in Oregon. Now, if the Bo Nicks that I've seen the past couple of years where he's like inconsistent, he's making bad decisions, his ball placement isn't isn't great, then he's not going to he's, he's going to have those exciting moments because he had that last year, you know, kind of improvising, making play, you know, moving the launch point, extending plays and then throwing the ball downfield and making big splash plays. And then you have the, you know, 11 touchdowns. I think he had eight interceptions. Like, that's crazy when you look at that touchdown-interception ratio. Got to fix that, right? You want to be up in the high 20s and 30s. And, you know, if you're at five to eight and you're throwing 40 touchdowns, I'm not going to trip off of it, right? right. But you got to do something. You can't you, – you cannot repeat what we saw last year in terms of your touchdown-interception ratio. But I'm excited just to see him in Oregon. Like, I you know how that – Offense will look with him. I want to see if they run some some RPOs, you know, keep it spread, just really attack spaces on defense. Yeah, no, I agree. So I I think this is a like a, another under the radar move, but if, if they put it the right situation around him, um, I think he can take off. Bo Nix is a quarterback, and there's nothing wrong with this on a college level when you think about it. He's a guy that has to run with the football first to get comfortable in a football game, and then it slows down for him, and then he's able to throw the deep passes with some level of accuracy, right? It's just like shooters. When the shooters are having a bad night, what do they need to do? They say they always say get to the free throw line and, and just see the ball go in. And I think that's how the running game is for Bo Nix. He, he needs to see something positive, be able to make a play, you know, point the first down signal. And then he feels like he's in the football game now. So I think if, if Oregon uses him in that way, man, they, they're going to be Pac-12 North contenders again. And like I said, we already know they have a good team surrounding him. So I, I think this is another good move. Absolutely, absolutely. I completely agree. And I love the basketball analogy, bro. That's what I'm talking about. That's the type of stuff I do. I like it. I like it. (laughs) Let's see. So now we have a kid who he did not take a single snap. Yeah, he was he was one of the like not even one of Quinn Ewers going from Ohio State to Texas, former five star. Keith, he was ranked number one as entire player in the nation coming out. Prototypical size, 6'3", over 200 pounds. Lively, snap type of arm. Ball just snaps and pops off his hand. He's going. He's got Coach Brendan Marion, who we talked about leaving Pittsburgh, to join him over in Texas and and join that coaching staff. And he's got a big three right now. He's got Xavier Worthy, B. John Robinson, who's RB1, you know, a whole year ahead of his his time to be drafted and transfer tight end Jaleel Billingsley uh, from, from Alabama, SEC kid, right? 
going up against Pac, going not Pac-12, but Big 12 defenses, right? Keith, talk to me. How you feeling? Man, the state of college football, right? When you think about a guy that fought to get out of high school early to go to Ohio State and then realize, oh, wait, C.J. Straw is pretty good too, right? <laughs> <laughs> he had that aha moment and then uh-huh. um, immediately transfers out of there. And then he goes back home to where he's from, from the state of Texas. Um, but I think this was a good move for him. I think it was a good move for uh, Coach Marion. I think it was a good move for Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, last year watching Texas, their, their offense was a roller coaster, man. And, and those quarterbacks, Casey Thompson, Hudson Card, it seems like they would they would have good moments, but then they would have mental lapses. And then also, when you, like you say, you talk about talent, the arm talent just seemed to be lacking at times, right? They couldn't do all the throws that Steve Sarkeesian was used to his quarterbacks making. So I think this is a really good match. And much like we talked about with USC and, you know, them trying to get back to prominence, I think this is the type of quarterback – you bring in if you're going to get things turned around, right? One of the most decorated high school quarterbacks to come out of the state of Texas and then just a guy that can just naturally make plays. And we I don't know if you've seen him. He rocks the mullet, too. So that lets me know he has some type of swag and moxie to himself. I don't know if I ever rock a mullet, but, you know, I, I respect it. It, it. it takes some guts just to pull that off. So, man, I, I like I would say that I, I, I like the move. I thought it was a pretty good move, and I'm excited to see what Texas does because, like you say, they have some offensive weapons. Man, the confidence it takes to rock a mullet. Like, listen, <laughs> it, you know, it, it, and for us, both two two black men, two people of color, that's the that's the equivalent of rock, rocking the uh, the rat tail, man. Like, yeah, it yeah, takes yeah. It, it takes a confident individual to pull that off. Shout out to Quinn, man, for rocking it. It's old school. Uh, I like it. I mean, you think about Gardner Minshew with the Uncle Rico vibes, with the you know the facial hair and all that good stuff. The jorts. Hey, it goes into the profile, goes into the character and, 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 and who you are. But I'm excited to see this young man for first full year of action, first action truly because. Like CJ Strauss uh, started kind of started slow early on, right? And, and, and people were calling for him, calling for him. CJ came, you know, he got healthy because that's something that a lot of people didn't know. He had a shoulder injury, uh, arm injury going on. So once he got healthy, he locked up that position and, and became one of the top quarterbacks for the 2023 class, right? But Quinn Ewers, extremely talented, mixture of arm angles with great velocity. He also can make plays with his legs and move the launch point and just, like I said, make plays as a runner. Man, and to think about the weapons he has, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really excited to just see what he can do, because this kid, I'm, I'm not going, I don't want to, you talk about, I don't want to jinx him, but he could be a Heisman candidate as a first-time right. starter. He's that talented. Yeah, no, I agree. So, I, man, just to recap these quarterbacks, man, I think we talked about some really big-time names and some big-time programs, and we get to just watch how this plays out. We're a month out from spring ball, so we're able to really grade these guys in their new, um, I guess, their new teams and their new situations. So I'm excited about it. This is our first podcast. You know, talent always plays a factor. That's why we call this the talent factor. And, uh, man, this is exciting, man. Absolutely, bro. We have a lot more coming, a lot of discussions, uh, whether it's coaching, whatever, college football, for us, it's not going to it's not going to be an all season. It's going to be twenty four seven. So, let's get to it. Yep, we out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.